0: Hello and welcome to The Mastering Show. My name is Ian Shepherd. I'm a mastering engineer and I run the Production Advice website aimed at helping you get the best results recording, mixing, and mastering your music. And with me as always this week is my co-host, John Tidy. John, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Hello everyone. Excellent. So in this episode, we just want to dig a bit deeper into something we touched on last week when we were talking about the loudness penalty website and that is to tackle a misunderstanding that i'm seeing a lot these days as well as people asking how loud is my music going to sound when it's online i see as many people saying just aim for minus 14 lufs and you'll be fine is this something you've seen a lot john in like when you're watching people talking about it
1: yeah i see a lot on facebook or in uh in, in some of the forums that i visit um i mastering home mastering and mastering your own music is always something that is a popular topic. No matter how many episodes we do or videos or articles on the topic, there's always going to be people asking, um, beginner and advanced questions. And this is something that is definitely on everyone's mind these days in past six months or so. Everyone's starting to get their head wrapped around measuring their music in LUFS they're starting to understand the idea of loudness normalization on the streaming platforms and why it's a good or a bad thing or, you know, but often people are trying to fight it and it's supposed to make things easier for us. And so everyone kind of wants a a specific number used to be like hit zero. That's your target. (laughs) Zero DBFS. Like, no, that's, that's starting to clip everything. That's starting to add audible distortion. So let's, let's, um, bring that down to minus one. But now this song sounds different than this song, even though they hit minus one. What's going on? So LUFS, loudness normalization on the platforms, um, but everyone still wants a target. So minus 14 is the target that I see people recommending, but it's not a target. Let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so that there's a few things you said there that are interesting. I mean, one of them is, I mean, I should say I feel... A bit bad because you know my website has been one of the main places that people have been getting information about loudness normalization and about what levels the different streaming services use i mean one of the blog posts that got the most traffic on my site uh, i don't know whether it's last year or the year before was when i announced that um we noticed that spotify had reduced the playback level that they were using by three dbs to approximately minus 14 lufs so If I'm talking about this all the time and talking about these numbers and saying how important it is and how significant it is for us in terms of the loudness war and in terms of the quality of the music, you know, it probably sounds a bit crazy for me then to say, but you shouldn't aim for that number. So we'll get into that in a second. Before we do, I think there's two other things that are worth saying. One is that the streaming services don't use LUFS, even though... We keep talking about LUFS values. Only Tidal actually use these new loudness units to measure the loudness of the music and decide how loud it should be when it gets played back. Um, So that's one reason why using any LUFS target is not going to be completely successful for you if that were to be your goal. The other thing I think we probably ought to say is just quickly explain what loudness normalization is for anybody who hasn't listened to any of the other previous episodes where we've we've talked about it. So my favorite way of explaining this is just to point out that the number one source of complaints from users of streaming services, listeners to radio and TV, pretty much any uh, audio-based format or even sound and vision is unexpected changes in loudness. Um everybody hates either the volume just suddenly dropping away and they can't hear what's going on and they have to crank it up or being blasted by something that suddenly comes in much louder um, than they expect. I mean, you know, like an ad, like an ad. I was going to say that ads became so unpopular that it's now a legal requirement for broadcast in the U S to manage the loudness of the ads. And that actually was the kind of, one of the reasons that the, the loudness units were adopted was to enforce that requirement. So, that's the reason that loudness normalization happens. I mean, we see questions, you know, from people kind of going, why does my music get quieter when I upload it to YouTube or, um, or Spotify? And it's, it's simply that they don't want to annoy us, their users. So they try and get a more consistent listening experience for everybody by measuring how loud the music is and adjusting it to prevent those kind of problems. And they all do it in slightly different ways. And we've covered that in quite a bit of detail in the previous episode so we won't go into it again but just for example YouTube and Tidal don't turn quiet songs up but they do turn loud songs down Um, the one thing you can say about all of these streaming services apart from SoundCloud at this point but maybe it'll arrive there as well in future is that they all turn loud music down so the louder your music is when you upload it uh, the more it will be turned down and that, in a nutshell, is what loudness normalization is and um, why it's used. Do you think I missed anything there?
1: And also, it's a fixed uh, gain change. It's not something that's changing throughout a song. It's from one upload to the next, from from songs in your album verses or, you know, any song that's in a compilation, they're going to be rebalanced just with one number. It's going to take a measurement of the entire song, find out how loud it is, and then balance that with the things coming before and after it. So it's not going to change dynamics within a song. Uh, it's not going to fix where, let's say it's a, a podcast and you have quiet voices and loud music, it's not going to fix that for you. It should help even out any of the differences between old albums and new albums or music from this uh, this label versus this label.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another thing that it doesn't do I and mean, you you kind of touched on it there but it's worth saying kind of front and center yeah, there's no extra processing done. It's just a straight volume change. Actually, that's not 100% true. Spotify has a limiter if they try and turn really quiet stuff up, then you might get a little bit of extra limiting, but and all of the uh-huh. the rest of the services just turn things up and down. It's a good point you made about the the fact that it's uh, per upload, if you like. Um so for example, if you uploaded an entire album to YouTube, which has always seemed like a bit of a crazy idea to me, but people do it, um, then the entire album would be adjusted. It would measure the loudness of the whole thing and say, yeah, we're gonna turn it down by three dBs or whatever the decision is. Um whereas if you upload a song at a time, then each of those songs will be normalized individually. And using the word "normalized" uh, reminds me of another thing to point out, which is that when we talk about loudness normalization, it's literally that. So normalization is just the process of making things more similar. People used to talk about peak normalization, where you, I mean you mentioned earlier on that. Back in the day, it used to be, oh, you you know, the peaks don't want to go over zero, or the peaks don't want to go over minus one. Uh, peak level is not a very, or it's not a not a good way of measuring loudness at all. Um, and we did a whole episode on that topic, so we'll include a link to that in the show notes for anybody who's interested at themasteringshow.com. If you do peak normalization, then you just measure the the, the peak levels of the music and match those. And because peak is not a good indicator of loudness.
1: Or frequency balance, or anything else, or anything else,
0: really. Yeah, it just tells you kind of where the the maximum amplitude of the waveform
1: is for one for one sample, basically, right? All it takes is It could could, could, let's say three samples. It measures in one moment of the song, and the entire thing is it the the entire level is changed based on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you imagine, um, well, let's just imagine us talking here. Um, If one of us clap our hands, that sound would have a really high peak that would be much higher than any of the talking that we're doing. If you peak normalised the show using that hand clap, our voices would sound really quiet um, and only the point where we clapped would the level come up. So loudness normalisation uses the loudness units, which is a much more effective way of judging how loud things sound and that gives you much better results. So I sometimes hear people kind of saying old oh, normalization doesn't work because they think that it's peak normalization that's going on. It's not. It's loudness normalization, um, which is better. And uh, we also have an episode on loudness units. Um, it was two or three shows ago, I think. So uh, we'll include a link to that in the show notes as well, in case anybody wants to, to catch up on that topic. So I think that covers the kind of the basics of the topic. And now the question is why you shouldn't aim for minus 14 or any other loudness unit measurement. Uh, You know, I mentioned that one reason is that not all of the services use loudness units. So this is something that I've been seeing frequently is people saying, well, everybody says that Spotify is at minus 14, but when I measured this song, it comes out as minus 13 or minus 15 or whatever it might be. That's because Spotify isn't using loudness units. Um so when we say that Spotify is at approximately minus 14 or YouTube is approximately minus 13 or whatever it is we're using loudness units to measure the services because the streaming services themselves aren't actually making this information public Tidal have been fairly open about the way that they're working but I don't think any of the others have made any kind of public statements And if you're going to measure things and try and figure out what's going on, you have to use something. And loudness units are the best that we have right now. If you put a loudness meter on and measure Spotify for half an hour or so, you will find it comes out with a very consistent loudness unit measurement, even though individual tracks might be louder or quieter because the method that Spotify uses to decide how loud things are is
1: slightly different. So we say it's around minus 14, but... That's only because that, that's the tool that we have to measure it, um, and that's as close as we can get to a, an idea of how it's going to react once we upload it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a good rule of thumb, um, but it's not actually how it works. And that, that's yeah. why we created the Loudness Penalty um, site, which we talked about last episode.
1: Yeah. So the other aspect of why we wouldn't use that as a target is um, in the context of an album. Or maybe minus fourteen just isn't appropriate for the song that we're mastering. Minus fourteen is a fairly conservative level, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I would. I, I mean, one of the one of the problems is it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to assign an overall loudness value to a song anyway, because not all songs are the same. You know, I mean, if yeah. we compare one full-on Foo Fighters track with another then you could say, well, this one measures minus 14, this one measures minus 13, that one's about a dB louder. If you compared a Foo Fighters track with a Simon & Garfunkel track, for example, then you could still say one is louder than the other, but does that give you any useful information? Because most Simon & Garfunkel songs, you know, it's acoustic guitars, it's solo vocals, there may or may not be drums, but it's not Foo Fighter drums, you know, there's no wall of guitars, there's no... Uh, screaming vocals it's chalk and cheese so to say that one is louder than the other and to assign numbers to it kind of almost doesn't make sense even if you took another Foo Fighters song that had that wasn't kind of full tilt all the way through but had more variety in it the overall loudness figure might come out lower because of the quiet sections but the loud sections could still be just as loud as the loudest sections of the one that just Goes full straight ahead all the way through. So, aiming for a particular loudness for all music, you know, for all the songs on an album or for everything that you upload to a streaming service or anything else really doesn't make that much sense. And in fact, Tidal have made the decision that when they loudness normalize the stuff that they're playing back, they don't do that. If you listen to songs in Shuffle on Spotify, each song will. played back at more or less the same level as far as they measure it. That might not work. You know, if (laughs) it'd be a pretty bizarre playlist to have Foo Fighters and Simon and Garfunkel in it, but if you did have that playlist, chances are Bridge Over Troubled Water would sound as loud, if not maybe even louder, because our ear recognises it's supposed to be gentle so it sounds unnatural to us, than the Foo Fighters track. And that feels musically wrong. Tidal commissioned Alco Grimm to do some research and we had him as a guest on the show. There's another episode we can include a link to in the show notes. And he talks about that research and found that 80% of users actually would prefer, even when they're listening in shuffle mode, for the songs to have a sensible musical relation to each other. So if you had a playlist with Foo Fighters and Simon and Garfunkel, Foo Fighters would be loud. Simon and Garfunkel would not be as loud. Um, That sounds pretty logical. And that's why... You can't aim for specific loudness unit targets for
1: every song. And when we're mastering music, um, it makes sense to have dynamics um, both within a song and within the context of the entire album. You might have a quiet intro, just acoustic guitar, and then uh, maybe on track two, the whole band is there and there's a wall of keyboards and guitars and everything. And if you normalize those to the exact same level... That quiet intro is going to sound louder than the rest of the band, so you can't you can't use one loudness number and keep the musical intent of those different parts of the album yeah well, that's, that's one important thing for me for uh, for the loudness normalization so you, you can't get too obsessed with just the statistics of it, so looking at just does this Peak at minus one. Uh, is this minus 14 LUFS? Song by song, it's got to be... You You choose the loudest part of the entire album, and you find where that sounds musically the best with the amount of compression and, and things like that. And let's say that is whatever number it is. Maybe that's at minus eight LUFS. And everything else is in balance with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's,
0: that's kind of the heart of the matter. And actually just listening to you talk there, the next question that springs to my head is, well, why would anybody listening to this think that these numbers that we've been talking about are actually important at all? (laughs) Because we're basically saying do what's right musically. Um, don't aim for the specific, you know, given all of that, why have I written about it on my blog? Why have we done episodes on it? Why have I, Worked with MetaPlugs to create a website that tells you how much the levels get changed when you upload things. Um, and, you know, that kind of, I can understand why people would get confused about that. The reason is, even though you're not aiming for a specific value, it's really helpful to know what's going to happen so that you can make the right decisions when you're mastering in terms of the musical relationships between songs and what sounds best i mean so one example that we talked about last week is let's say you master a song and then you head over to loudnesspenalty.com to measure it and you find that spotify is going to turn it down by seven dbs if you're like me you think well if it's going to be turned down by seven dbs anyway maybe i didn't need to master it so loud in the first place
1: yeah maybe maybe five db less compression will make the song actually sound better
0: Exactly. I mean, maybe not, but that's certainly an experiment that I would want to do. Um, And, you know, it's really simple to do. You go back, you do another master where you just ease off all of the the processing then you measure that on loudness penalty or with a loudness meter or however else you want to do it. Adjust it so that it plays back at the same level as the previous version. And then you listen to the two and decide which one is right. And I mean, it's tough because people keep telling me, oh, certain genres need a super dense, super compressed, really loud sound. And that's not my opinion or my experience. Um, I think all of those things can be achieved in other ways. But if that is your opinion, then that's fine. You know, you you can go ahead and master the music so that it sounds right to you, so that it feels right to you. And here's something we haven't said. The whole point of this is, The streaming services do the normalisation for us. Not only are we saying you shouldn't really aim for a target because it's not going to work for you musically, but also there's no need. The whole point of normalisation is that the streaming services are measuring the loudness and evening things out for us. So if their playback level is minus 14 and they decide that they need to turn the music down by two dBs, they'll do that. So there's no need for us to aim for minus 14. You know, there's an opportunity if our music is being turned down a lot to maybe make it more dynamic, but we don't have to uh, try and guess what's going to happen and preempt it in that way. The great thing is we can just do what is musically best and know that it's going to stand up to everything else that's on these streaming services as well as anything else. You know, the, the great thing is we don't have to compete in terms of loudness anymore. Because, you know, the fear was always, oh, something else is louder and it will sound better. If something else is louder, it's going to get turned down and play back at a similar level to our own music. And if you want to get kind of analytical about it, then you can use a loudness meter or a, a you know, loudness penalty or whatever method you like to try and figure it out and try and optimise your music. And, and that, I think, is the value of knowing these numbers. You know, knowledge is power, For one thing, it means that we can relax and we don't have to force the loudness higher than we think it should be for the music. On the other hand, if we really think that the music needs super saturated, heavy limiting, clipping, whatever it might be, we can do that as well, knowing that it's going to sound great on any of these services. It might get turned down a bit, but if we're comfortable with it, that's fine. It's it's good news. Um, I mean, it's interesting because I've over the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of conversation about it because i think because you know we've introduced loudness penalty and i've been talking about it a lot so pretty much anybody who's connected with me on, on social media or wherever has probably had enough of the topic by now and i have had some people kind of coming through and commenting and saying actually loud, the normalization doesn't work that well for them and that they're pretty annoyed about the whole thing my reply to that is always that i would prefer an imperfect loudness normalization system to what we had before where literally some music would be eight or ten dBs louder than some other stuff and where people were you know would reject my opinion of how things should sound when they're mastered just because it wasn't loud enough um I mean how do you feel about it have you what's your experience of normalization in practice
1: I don't use it so you disable it in in all the different Services, well, that- I pretty much only use Apple Music, and I'm pretty sure that it's off by default.
0: Yeah, and, and actually Soundcheck, which is the one that iTunes uses, is not the best anyway. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so I-
0: having said that, if, if I'm listening in Shuffle, I personally put it on. I still feel it's better than nothing. Um, but-,
1: but I'm weird. I, I listen to albums all the way through. I don't often listen to anything on Shuffle because they choose weird songs. <laughs> you know you'll it's supposed to be random it's supposed to be shuffled but you'll end up with two songs from the same artist in a row three times (laughs) Well, it's now so this is a complete tangent but actually i heard something interesting about that a while
0: ago which is that um originally the shuffle in itunes was literally completely random yeah um and they actually worked to make it less random because people complained about exactly the same kind of same thing that you're talking about. So, I mean, just for an example, let's say, well, uh, in my music collection, I think there are 10 or 12 Prince albums. Um, that means that statistically I am highly likely to hear a Prince song if I put it on a completely random shuffle.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I probably don't want to listen to, you know, whatever, I don't know what proportion of my music library those 10 albums are, but I want to hear a Prince song every so often, but I want an equal balance with everything else. So yeah, they actually made it less random in order that it would seem more random to us. But I agree, I don't listen. Um, I used to listen more on Shuffle a while ago than I do now. I don't know why that is. Maybe could be too, because I listen to more podcasts, actually. Um, so these days when I actually make a decision, no, I'm not going to listen to those. I'm going to listen to music instead. It's because there's something specific that I want to I want to hear. Yeah, I mean, lots of people do turn normalization off um you can't on youtube
1: right think,
0: let me think that's that the only service where it's basically on and you can't disable it yeah tidal and spotify it can be disabled oh pandora you can't either pandora is always going to be normalized which i guess kind of makes a bit sense because they're they're, they're all about the
1: shuffle listener. yeah i think the last time i listened to music consistently on shuffle was when i used last fm and then they they killed it for Canada. I mean, that was years ago. That was oh. eight years ago, maybe. Even longer. last,
0: yeah. Last FM was a thing when I joined Twitter, which is like 2008 or something. It's, uh...
1: yeah. And, and I loved it for a while because they, because I could listen to music all day at work and it would always be random, but it would be within a range of music that I like. Cause you just, you know, you just click like on your favorite artists and it finds artists that are similar and it'll place stuff that's similar and i found so many bands that i continue to listen to today but yeah that was the only time i would listen regularly and on random i mean that
0: that's supposed to work in spotify
1: and apple music as well isn't it At, apple music is it's 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 weird it's like oh you listen to uh what i don't know death from above 1979 you must like i don't know Simon & Garfunkel Brian Adams or, <laughs> or like <laughs> Like nothing even similar. I
0: don't know whether it's quite that random, but yeah, I know what you mean. I will look uh, at my
1: recommendations right now.
0: (laughs) Well, see, so I'm going to play the other side though, because I remember I was impressed by Apple music the first time I used it because, uh, within like a few days of using it, it said, Oh, here's a playlist of music produced by Daniel Lenoir. Um, you might like it. And then a couple of days later, it was like, here are a bunch of things that Brian Eno has been involved with. I was like, yeah, well played Apple Music. That that's absolutely right. So, I mean, it's not a complete disaster, but yeah, go yeah. on. What are, what are your recommendations? All right,
1: well, they're actually pretty good today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he listened to Red Fang, Mastodon, Lamb of God, Weed Eater and Black Sabbath. That's yeah, that's all pretty close. But because he listened to Ben Frost, I got the first prodigy album, Tycho, Boards of Canada and Time Cop 1983, which They're all electronic, but they're all vastly different and nothing like Ben Frost. So that,
0: yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. And that's a complete tangent. Um, But that's okay because I think we've kind of covered it. You know, Uh, I mean, if you want the, the, the too long, didn't read version of this show, it's. Normalization means that you can do what is musically best for the material you're working on, and that's that's great. I think we should all be enjoying I see so many people kind of fighting it and getting angry about it and all the rest of it. And uh, it's a shame because I think ultimately it's going to be a very positive thing. I mean, it's it's in the early stages. It's not perfect. Um, I mean, it's certainly a problem. I mean, it's very confusing. You know, the, the fact that the streaming services all have different levels, the fact they all do it slightly differently. They even apply the rules slightly differently so even if they measure music in the same way that you might have different songs played at different loudnesses on different platforms it would be much better if everybody would just standardize and we could all know okay this is what's going to happen and therefore i can you know that would make life a lot easier well so here's something i've not mentioned on the podcast before a little known fact about spotify which is that by default if you have a song in your iTunes library that you choose to play in Spotify, it will play it from the iTunes library instead of streaming it, which I guess is to save bandwidth. Um, that makes sense. But when you do it, that song will not be normalized. Hmm. So if normalization is on in Spotify and you're hearing most things at minus 14 and then suddenly a track that was mastered at minus eight comes on, it's going to be six dBs louder than everything else. That. I have those options disabled in my preferences because that makes no sense to me. It's That's kind of crazy and annoying. Yeah. And things like that catch people out, you know, confuse people, upset them and, you know, rock people's confidence in this new technology. So, which is a shame because I think basically it's a good idea. It's just, it's not perfect yet.
1: Um, Does Google do anything with this?
0: No. As far as I know, Google Play so far doesn't have any normalization yet. And I don't think there's any normalization on Facebook yet, although I know that it's on their radar. Do people listen to music on Facebook? Well, people upload music to Facebook. I mean, yeah, you you see kind of, I saw an ad just the other day, which was basically a recording of a rock song. Um, And I think it was advertising an audio interface. So, you know, it was just a performance of a song and you just got a lot of shots of the the engineer adjusting the volume control on the the interface. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I think more is going to happen. I mean, what I would say about Facebook is that the quality has been improving drastically. I mean, a couple of years ago, the audio and video on Facebook was just atrocious and now it's kind of just a bit rubbish. (laughs) Um, And sometimes actually there have, I have seen some examples that have been decent. So we know that they think video is incredibly important and they're, they're focusing on it. So I expect to see the audio and video standards improve greatly um, as time goes on. And I'm, I'm sure loudness normalization will be part of that equation as well. Um, which we'll probably have another way of working and another set of rules that to to confuse things even further.
1: But, um, well, that seems like a good place to wrap up.
0: Yes. Doubt and confusion reign. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, um, hopefully um, if you're a long time listener, I mean, we've talked about quite a few of the issues we've touched on in this episode before. Hopefully there was still something interesting in there for you. Um, If this is a new subject, I know that we've mentioned a ton of different topics. We will put all of the links to those on the show notes at themasteringshow.com. John, thank you very much for helping me fumble my way through the mist and for editing and uh, mixing the show as always. My pleasure. Thanks to Kaylee Law for letting us use his music. If you found this episode interesting, then do check out. There's a ton of other episodes on the topics of loudness and streaming loudness, uh, and just making your music sound great in general, check out some of the old episodes and please leave us a review. You can go to themasteringshow.com forward slash review. Thanks for listening.